This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. They came from a dying universe! This week on Dueling Review, we review Baltimore Empty Graves, number two, written by Mike Mignola and Christopher Golden, art by Peter Bergting. Before Baltimore and company set out for Constantinople to hunt the Blood Red Witch, old friends are buried, and they prepare to face their own graves in their hunt for the Red King. One of the things that... uh people tell us all the time, Matthew, is, man, you guys sure do a lot of first issues. We do. Do you guys ever follow series? And so um, here's Baltimore, Empty Graves number two, which, <laughs> if I remember correctly, last month, I think we both got a kick out of it. We because did. It's, it's ghost stories being told around a fire, or more precisely, mm-hmm. it is histories being told around the grave site. Yes. Someone in, the, in Team Baltimore, go Team Baltimore, has died. B A L T I M O R E. When there's trouble, you know who to call. Baltimore. See, it doesn't parse. They'll slash vampires horrors from beyond. It probably works better in Baltimore. Japanese. Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> So, yes, what's going on last time? Give us, get us caught up. <laughs> well, last time we were wandering around a grave, ahead. and of course we heard, we heard some backstory mm-hmm. of one of the characters. This issue yeah. is basically a couple of minutes later where we are, we are preparing the grave of Mr. Hodge, who has mm-hmm. died. Yeah. And everyone is worried. And this is the problem that I have with Baltimore. I love all these characters, but I don't know their names. Yeah, and that's, and that's one of the bad things. I mean – First of all, people are like, oh, you guys never read number one issue or you're always reviewing number one issues. This is like issue 57, to be right. honest with you. I mean, if you were to count all of the Baltimore issues uh, that tell the whole story and how everyone builds up. I'm sorry. This is number 32, not 57. Right. This number is actually number two in a, in a series. So, yeah, we're coming in kind of not knowing who these people are, but mm-hmm. through their backstories, I think we get a little closer to them. We do. And the thing about it is when I, you know, have you ever seen the Saturday Night Live sketch about no. the old lady who watches the stories? No. She watches soap operas but doesn't know their names, so she refers to everybody as Mustache and Mustache's evil brother and uh, Big Boobs. Okay. That's kind of the way I am about this. Sh- this There's there's Mustache mm-hmm. and there's Blonde Girl and there's Scar Priest. Yeah. And in this episode, uh, Blonde Girl wanders out to find Scar Priest because he has drifted away from the others as they did. I think his name is, is Rigo. Rigo? Rigo. Oh, hello. My name is Rigo. Well, his big concern is like, hey, man, we've been following Baltimore around, and this guy's just killing, and he's, he's no worse than the monsters we're hunting. I don't think yeah. we should be with this guy anymore. And, yeah. and Blondie is like, oh, yeah, sure. You, you, would, you would say that. Yep. And then she convinces him to come back to the gravesite where we hear the story. Or at least do his priest things, right? Right. Do his priestly thing. I think he's like the guy who does the priesty stuff. 
Yeah, he is. He's you got know, the like big the, cross and the white collar. So you know they're actually you know are they, they're burying either two or three members. They're burying their... three. This is continuing from the last time. One of them has mm-hmm. a body, um, or two of two them, of them have their bodies, and the other one is missing, or vice versa. And that's because right. the the witch took took one of them. Right. And so they are burying him in effigy with the expectation that the witch is going to eat him. No, they're burying him in Odessa. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> they're they're burying him in a ground. Yeah. But Mustache yeah, Mr. tells the story of how he was a blacksmith in England yeah. and how a bad thing happened involving a chupacabra. Um, what is this thing? It is a devil. He, he's talking about mm-hmm. how much he loves his wife dearly, and she walks mm-hmm. in in the middle of the night, and there's a devil attached to her back that's biting her and eating her brains and making her do horrible, horrible things. Mm-hmm. And it's horrifying because sure. she's ra- she's racing down the streets and she's just killing people left and right. And he's begging her, you know, fight it off, fight it off. We can get it off your back, uh, this monkey off your back. And she's just killing people saying, no, kill me. I can never stop this. Right. And she goes running off into the woods. It won't let me stop. It sucks out her life force and leaves her in a river desiccated. Yes. And it's awful. You seen that movie Life Force? Yes. Yeah, this is this that. is what happens to her after Had, uh, the devil John Luke sucks Picard out her, and that one her life force. Yeah. yeah. And, and so he's, course, he's upset about that. Yes. And he says that part of the reason he does what he does with Baltimore and Team Baltimore is every time he closes his eyes, he sees his lost wife. Which is ironic because when he finds her, she doesn't have any eyes. Well, yeah, there was a demon. She had a, a lizard monkey on her back. Demon monkeys. Ah, the worst. And then it comes to a head where they're basically Baltimore comes in and says, look, uh, I thought I was going to die last time. Mm-hmm. I, I know when I go hunt down the Red King and the Scarlet Witch Lady that I'm going to die or I'm going to die. And guess what? You're all going to die, too, if you follow me. And so uh, you if you go with me, you're dead. You're all dead. And their reply is like, well. We kind of knew that. You don't care about our lives. So at least Rigo wants to leave. We don't know about the others. But the blonde girl just basically says, hey, as far as we're concerned, we're already dead. Bum, bum, bum. I kind of like this concept because it reminds me of playing Call of Cthulhu, where everyone has consequences for interacting with the supernatural and generally those consequences are fatal or at the very least the loss of your sanity. Mm-hmm. And I well, feel that's like what happens anytime you go after a Cthulian mythos stuff. You're always you're always losing your mind. Your sanity I feel goes. Like this is weirdly upbeat, incredibly depressing. Everyone goes insane <laughs> yeah, and dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of positive. It, it feels a little bit like it has a I don't know, Doc Savage's friends well, kind of vibe. I to was gonna it. say more like Magnificent Seven, because Magnificent Seven, they knew they were up against all all odds and the odds were against them in this fight and Mm -hmm. yet they decide that because their way of life is ending that they would rather go out in a blaze of glory defending this town likewise here in baltimore here's this team of eclectic people there may be seven of them there may be a few less now that they're digging some graves there's 26 of them but they all know that the world around them has changed monsters are Mm -hmm. invading it's not the same world that they had before if they want to go back to their mundane life, as as uh, Baltimore puts it to them, if they want to go back and lead their mundane lives, they can do it, but it's going to be miserable. At least mm-hmm. this way, they can go out in a blaze of glory. Like uh, Emilio yeah. Estevez. Yeah, yeah. 
and uh, the other uh, Estevez brother. Shot the other Damn! garbage, the other garbage man. Actually, uh, Charlie Sheen died in the first movie and didn't oh. get to go out in a blaze of glory. Oh, okay. He was shot in the face by Judge Hardcastle outside the uh, toilet. Yes, because that's how you like to die. So I guess going back to that Magnificent Seven kind of analogy here, Mm -hmm. Magnificent Seven is kind of an upbeat movie and has some interesting characters and some people that don't get along together, Mm -hmm. but they're all going forward in in one mission. And that's kind of what this feels like. I mean, it's not Mm -hmm. a Western, but here are these people that are like, look, our way of life is over. We might as well be dead. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep going and follow Baltimore. He's got a plan and we know we need to stop this. So that's kind of how I look at it. So, yeah, it can be upbeat and depressing at the same time. And when you're dealing with a story of, you know, somewhat, I don't want to say familiar, but you're dealing with something that's heavily kind of tropey in a good way. Yeah, yeah. You really want to have a take on it that makes it clear what you're looking at. You know, this this should not be a carefree romp of people who have no consequences. So the fact that they're physically and mentally scarred by this and, you know, Rigo walks away at the end and he'll be back. In he'll the, be back. The final he'll, he'll, be follow him. He'll, he'll be following him around. He'll show up in time to save Robert Vaughn's life and get shot, mm-hmm. uh, to use your Magnificent yes. Seven analogy. Yeah. And, you know, uh, tropes are not a bad thing, right? No. No. Um, so uh, if this is tropey, if this is Mike Mignola scarum with some – actual horror monster stuff wrapped around the story of Baltimore as he hunts vampires and monsters. I'm mm-hmm. okay with that because you, you know, going into it, what you're getting, you're getting horror stories. You're mm-hmm. getting something that's going to be scary. You're going to get something that is unsettling. And hopefully in the end, the good guys will win. Hopefully mm. that's not always the case though with Baltimore where yeah. he's uh, it's like Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty where Mori- Moriarty is always escaping. Right. And I, I think that's kind of what we have here. This never ending battle of good versus evil. Da-da-da. Five people acting as one. <laughs> There's six or seven of them. There's seven there. of them. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Six, yeah. seven. And of course, Baltimore himself. Yeah. yeah. Who is, uh, one, two, three, uh, three, interestingly four, five, enough, Baltimore. Actually, there's only six. Uh, when you see that last shot of the six, and this is actually after Rigo walks away, there are only six of them. So yeah, the, the magnificent seven. With Rigo, there was seven. Yeah. And then elsewhere, we see that Childress or whatever his name is, is is having some kind of a spider's web stuff all over his face. And yeah, which lady is trying to resurrect him. Some weird sort of uh, terrible magical juju going yeah, on yeah. there. Yeah, so from story-wise, I I really kind of dug it. I mean, it's I, last time it was like, ooh, this is interesting. It, it mm-hmm. looks. I think you said last time that it looks like every issue we will get somebody's story. And, and so far into this one, you're absolutely right on. And yeah, I'm good like that. I, I still dig it, man. It, it's not like this is going to get boring because everybody's going to have a different story. It's not like we're going to go over to um, uh, to uh, the next guy and his story is going to be, yeah, one time my wife walked in, she had a devil on her back and I chased it through <laughs> town because that's not the way everybody's tragic stories are. Everybody has to have a tragic story that you can somehow feel empathy uh, right. for or with. And that is what drives the narrative forward. So I'm totally OK if the next four issues of this are mm. them standing around a graveyard telling ghost stories. I am too. And I think part of the reason why is because when I think about, you know, long form narratives in comics, the thing that keeps popping up for me is Sandman. And the best volume of Sandman is uh, World's End, where it's people telling stories to each other to fill the time. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can get to a point where it works really well to give us more backstory, to give us more depth. And all of these characters have this this life that we don't know about. Now it's coming out in the framework of the story in a way that makes sense and is organic to what is being told. And it's not like the big info dump of, as you know, right, my right. wife was eaten by the devil one afternoon. Right. Actually, I think it was late evening. Although in England, on a rainy day, you never can tell. It's all the same. You yeah. know, it's, it's Britain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to Britain, but. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. haven't, so I don't know. Yeah. I just have to go by what uh, Mike Mignola is telling me in these comic books. And well, from I've what seen I can a lot tell. of Doctor Who. I hear that's kind of close. <laughs> art. Uh, we spent a lot of time last uh, dueling review on Empty Graves talking about the art and how it was really well done. Again, mm-hmm. I think it. I think it continues to be just fine. I have no problems with it. I think it evokes the simplicity that we see in Mignola style without the uh, squared off fingers or anything like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it is significantly scary uh, and works for me. Mm -hmm. The only real issue that I have is every once in a while, the characters are drawn with Vinnie Coletta crossed eyes. Yeah, yeah. And I I don't know if Or except for that one guy who gets his eyes dug out by uh, the guy's uh, possessed wife. Yeah, but they were crossed right before that. Oh, okay. Well, they were after she ripped him out and threw him on the floor. Oh, Steven, why would you tell people these things? Because they need to know what they're getting into. I mean, she literally rips this guy's, like, stuff out of his his face. (laughs) In front of the guy's wife. The guy's name was Tim. (laughs) Tim, no! It won't let me stop! Yeah, it's pretty crazy. One thing about coloring that I do like in this, and I'm pretty sure it was the same in the last issue, this thing that takes place at the grave uh, site at night is all... A tonally blue, as you would expect in a night scene in right. the flashbacks. And this was the same flashback with the um, Sikh guy mm-hmm. uh, from last issue. In all the flashbacks, we get a reddish orangish. Yeah, tone kind of a, a golden they, tone. Yeah. As they discover this, this goes into that blue orange contrast thing that we see a lot in movies. But what's fantastic is as the issue progresses and as he's reaching the end of his story, if you look, the color starts to fade and starts to get Mm -hmm. real muddy and purplish blue and everything till at the very end when he discovers her in that, um, in that river, it's all Mm -hmm. brownish. It's all Brown. So it's gone from this really warm reddish tone to these very muddy, ruddy tones. And it's, uh, it's very cool. All the gold has gone out of his life. His wife was eaten by a monkey, which is weird because, when we go and see this resurrection process they're, they're doing, it's mm-hmm. all in the reds again. Well, it's the Red King. Yeah, it's, it's creepy, man. Bright reds and the Red the It's really red well King done. My, my, my uh, thing is, yeah, you may not know anything about Baltimore, mm-hmm. but pick up this series. The second issue is just as good as the first. I really enjoyed the heck out of it, and I think other people will too. I agree. I, I think that... The biggest issue that anyone is going to have with this is, am I jumping into something that's been going on long enough that I can't follow? It has been going on. There's clearly a lot of mythos here. I like to say mythos because it makes me sound smart. But also, it's accessible. Even if you haven't read issue one of this series, I feel like this issue is easily accessible by what they give you and what they don't give you in the story. I think what you said about things that they give you, because when I read the first page, I was like, man, this feels like what we just read in the last issue. It almost felt like a Mm -hmm. recap. Well, you know, they're making sure that you're all on the same page, that even if you've never read an issue of Baltimore before, you can walk in and go, "Okay, I get it. At least Mr. Hodge has a grave. 
Well, Childress and Captain Ashcroft have graves, too, even if all we are burying is memories. Memories. la dee da dee da the corner of my mind. Something, something, something. Memories of that devil on your behind. Of the way he was. Scattered pictures. (laughs) Scattered eyeballs on the sidewalk. Keep Keep in mind, I was raised by my grandmother who was born in the Great Depression, so I know me. Some uh, old school kind of, you know, yeah. songs there. Yeah. So final word for you is pick this up. Final word for me is this is good. Definitely pick it up. And if you're worried about it, keep in mind that Stephen and I, while we often agree that something is, yeah, okay, we don't always agree on the reasons why yeah, it's yeah. okay. So it, it appeals to both of our natures. You know, the, the weirdo gourmand and, uh, and Matthew's also, evil nature. Yes, and me. exactly. Yeah. I am not evil, my friend. <laughs> you got the goatee. All I'm saying, uh, next well, yeah. week coming out from Dark Horse Comics, we have Abe Sapien number 33, uh, Harrow County number 12, Massive Arrow. Ninth Wave number 6. Over at DC Comics, there's Action Comics number 52, that's Final Days, Batman 52. number 52, which I believe 52. kicks off the new story arc that the is minus Greg uh, Capullo and uh, Scott Snyder. Greg Cthulhu? Yes, Greg Cthulhu. He'll drive you insane. Well, let's do the time. Oh, sorry. Constantine the Hellblazer number 12 comes out. So does Dark and Bloody number four. That's a mature reader's book. Earth 2 Society number 12. Legends of Tomorrow number three, which is the anthology book. Um, I don't know if you read the first two or not. I read the first one. I haven't read two yet. Okay. Not bad. I was surprised that the Sugar and Spike tale was as strong as it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Conway doing uh, Firestorm is interesting. Again, he did not go entirely retro, which was my concern since Jerry Conway, you know, created Firestorm 35 years ago. Yeah. It was it was pretty solid. I would have, yeah. you know, the thing with an anthology is always the question of is there enough space? Right. So, you know, that's always going to be a problem when you have six titles sharing one book. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, number 69, comes out next week, as does uh, Wonder Woman uh, by Mike Deodato. That's a trade paperback there. Uh, Swamp Thing, number oh, five. Oh, the Deodato days when everybody had a French-cut bikini. Yeah. Uh, IDW Publishing has Angry Birds big movie Egg Stravaganza hardcover. Get it? Egg Stravaganza. <sighs> yeah, you know you're laughing at that one on the inside. Donald Duck, number 13. Max Maximized, number 31. Rocketeer at War, number three. Star Trek Ongoing, number 57. And TMNT mm. ongoing number 58. We know what Rob is going to pick up. What's that? Uh, he's going to pick up Satellite Falling number one. Nice. Uh, Image Comics. You know Rob. Yes. Image Comics has, what does it have? Uh, Discipline Comics. number two. That's a second printing there. Faster Than Light Ooh. number six. The Fix number two. That's a, a mature reader's book. Is in. Island number seven. That's a seven ninety nine book. That's mm. an expensive book. So be aware of that if you're picking it up. Jupiter Circle volume two number six. Uh, Pencil Head number four, uh, Prophet Earth number four, I'm sorry, Prophet Earth War number four, Shutter number 21, and Southern Bastards number 14. Those are some of the books coming out from Image Comics. Over at Marvel, we have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. number five, Asso, uh, all new, all different Avengers, Asso, uh, all new X Men number nine, Awe, Um, Black Panther number two. And number one also comes out as a second printing. If you didn't get the first one, it's a good book. Pick it up. Uh, Darth Vader, number 20. Deadpool, number 11. Guardians of the Galaxy, number eight. Guardians of Infinity, number six. Gwynpool, number two. Ooh. Little Marvel Standy Punch-Out book. 
Little Marvel Punch Out book. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, it sounds like a little uh, uh, cute girl movie from the Depression era. This week, <laughs> little Marvel Standy gets in so much trouble <laughs> as she goes and punch out book. <laughs> silk, silk. I'll punch out the book. You can't punch out the book. Now we dance. Silk number eight, Swo, comes out, as does Ultimates Whoa. number seven. Oh, man, I don't even know how to pronounce this one. Rikwatu. Spell it. RCW2. Oh, that's a Rick Vinton sift. Yeah. Ledger. Venom Space Knight number seven, Vision number seven all come out next week. In all the rest category, if you did not get your copy of uh, 4180 number one this week, that kicks off the big Valiant Entertainment uh, crossover, the next installment, 4001 AD XO Man of War number one comes out, as does Archer and Armstrong, or I'm sorry, ANA number three. Mm-hmm. Um, Adventure Time number 52, Alan Dracon number one. <laughs> Not Alan Dra- Dracula. Yeah, Alan Dracon. That's why in a straight fight, a Bigfoot will always beat a Dracula, by the way. Archie number eight, uh, Arctic Comics hardcover is a $16 book. I thought Afterlife with Archie was coming out next week, but maybe not. I think it's two weeks. I think maybe it is not. two weeks. Yeah, the, they sent us a solicitation uh, the other day about it. So go check that out on Majorspoilers.com. That was for number nine that's coming out. In issue number 10, when it arrives, we're going to take a break from the Archie and the gang story, and we're going to see what Josie and the Pussycats are doing during this whole uh, zombie apocalypse. And the Pussycats. That could be very interesting. Fighting corpses with heads for hats. Big Trouble in Little China number 24 comes out. I think that's getting close to its final issue. Uh, Cross Badlands ni- number 97. Matthew, that one ends at 100. So we only have three more issues to uh, to go if we want to review this. So Let's do number 100 just to get it sure, out of our okay. system. Yeah. And Eer- by let's, I mean you. I'm sick that day. Eer- eerie number one. Eerie, um, Indiana. Eerie, Indiana. Ginger, ginger Dead Man. Baking Bad. Trade Paperback. What? Gold. It's It's Ginger Dead Man. Baking Bad. See, it's a... Breaking Bad Baking. reference. Oh, I never saw that show. Well, you should. Gold Digger number 232. <laughs> I'm not saying Alina number digger. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hip Hop Family Tree number nine. That's a really independent comic. We've reviewed that on the Major Spoilers podcast in the past. Uh, Jackpot number two. Hop, a hippie two to hop Kaiju Max season two number one. That's giant monsters on a prison island. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number three. Who's do- there's somebody doing a variant cover, and she posted today that the cover will be a glitter cover. Nice. I want a glitter cover. I'll go ahead because it'll be everywhere. Penny Dreadful number one. That's yeah. uh, based on the TV series from, is that Showtime that does uh, Penny Dreadful? I forget who yes. does the Penny Dreadful. But the cool thing about the Penny Dreadful series, uh, this is from Titan Comics, it's actually written by the people who are writing the TV series. Really? So, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be right in there with everything else. Uh, Rim, num- uh, Rim 8, number one, Samurai, number three, Seven Deadly Sins, graphic novel, volume 14. I'm trying to see what Seven else Samurai. Ooh. Uh, SpongeBob Comics, number 56. <laughs> and let's see. Oh, Super Zero, number one. That's a second printing. Unleash, number one. Uh, why would you do that? Graphic novel, mature readers. Why would you do that? Those are just some of the books coming out next week from your favorite comic book publishers. Next week on Dueling Review, 
Gwenpool number two, written by Christopher Hastings, penciled by Guri Hiru. Gwen finds herself unexpectedly working for a big deal mercenary outfit, and she takes a gig pitting her head to head against Thor. It's the goddess of thunder versus the oddest of wonders. Gwenpool number two. You can show your support for this show and everything we do at Major Spoilers by becoming a very important person at members.majorspoilers.com. We appreciate every one of you who is a VIP. And just remember, your contribution allows us to keep this show going, pay for our growing costs, and gives us the motivation to produce more content for you day after day, week after week, year after year. So please, go up, sign up today if you're not already a VIP. Members.majorspoilers.com for as little as $2 a month. You can keep this entire boat afloat. Thank you so much for checking out Dueling Review, and we're, we will talk with you next time when you will hear Matthew say, Secret refrigerator, do not open. This podcast is copyright 2016 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Hey, Mel, Bry here. Gotta work from home today, because the whole family caught a nasty... Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. (laughs) Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold, but hot. Uh, But I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200.